I do basic ass reviews on my basic ass top. So sit your basic ass down on this basic ass rhyme. Enjoy the basic ass show, you basic ass mofo. <laughs> Let's go. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Basic Ass Dudes. This is Nolan. I am back with you. Joseph is with me. He was hosting last time all on his own. I'm sorry for leaving you on your own, but you did a great job with checking with you. I thought that episode was a lot of fun. And I got to enjoy it as a fan this time instead of being part of it. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know where it was going to go, huh? <laughs> didn't know where it was going to go. I didn't know uh, what you were going to say, which is a lot like when we uh, podcast together. I have no idea what you're going to say, and then sometimes I'm like, <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is one of the things I did forget to say on that review um, that I, I I mentioned it when I was watching the film, but I didn't say it on this review. And I was wondering to see if somebody was going to comment on it. No one actually commented on it yet. But um, was the the ear bud that he was the kid was supposed to be deaf, yet it, it almost felt like in parts of that movie, like he didn't even need the earpiece. Uh, like when he's in the store, what with the, the whole TVs and stuff, he's like talking to his mom normally with no earpiece in. I'm like, so is it like a slight? deafness that you have because you're not full deaf because i mean like the earpiece i think just enhanced a little bit but that was one of the goofy things i saw in that movie and i completely forgot to bring it up but <laughs> oh, i'm sure there's lots i mean every every child's play movie almost every horror movie has something where you're like that doesn't quite make sense i yeah. haven't seen chucky yet so i do have to see that the uh the chucky show the child's play show actually dropped last night I haven't watched it yet either, but um, it's on VOD as of today, so I'm really excited to start watching that. Obviously, it is October. It's spooky month. We are coming up on Halloween and kind of, I know you and I have been watching uh, a boatload of horror movies, something I do on the regular anyways, but this month I just seem less psychotic when I do it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, we, we fit in with the normies on right? watching yeah. it in October. Like, Ooh, who's your favorite serial killer? And nobody's like, that's not something that you bring up at a dinner party. It's right. Like, oh, yeah, let's talk about serial killers. Um, <laughs> but anyway, today's episode is one I'm excited about, a movie that I've enjoyed for a very long time, but it's certainly what I would consider to be a cult classic at this point. And it's popular enough amongst the people who enjoy these type of films, but it's definitely not your Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween or, or uh, uh, Friday friday the 13th kind of movie um today we are talking about a movie called trick or treat i've got a synopsis for you so i'm gonna turn on the the movie guy voice oh yeah in a <laughs> world <laughs> it is said that halloween is the night when the dead rise to walk among us and other unspeakable things roam free the rituals of All Hallows' Eve were devised to protect us from their evil mischief, and one small town is about to be taught a terrifying lesson that some traditions are best not forgotten. Nothing is what it seems when a suburban couple learns the dangers of blowing out a jack-o'-lantern before midnight. Four women cross paths with a costume stalker at a local festival. A group of pranksters goes too far and discovers the horrifying truth buried in a local legend. And a cantankerous old hermit is visited by a strange trick-or-treater with a few bones to pick. Costumes and candy, ghouls and goblins, monsters and mayhem. The tricks and treats of Halloween turn deadly as strange creatures of every variety, human and otherwise, try to survive the scariest night of the year. Dun-dun-dun! <laughs> Now, I will say going into this movie, I knew nothing of it. 
I just recently saw this movie myself. So um, I know Diamond had been a huge fan of it. Um, for those who don't know who Diamond is, Diamond is my wife. Um, but she had been trying to get me to watch the movie for a while. And uh, we just never sat down and watched it. And like I would always see the little, I called him Sackboy. I never know his name. But I would always Sam. see him. Sam, there you go. Yeah. I would see him everywhere. And, uh, you know, I always joked with Diamond. I'm like, he's like, because I hadn't seen the film, I was like, I feel like he's just there to, to promote. Like, he's merchandise. He's merchandise. <laughs> and I was like, you know, with the whole, I mean, my kid sees uh, Baby Yoda. And that's that's who she calls a Baby Yoda everything. And, you know, same thing with Baby Groot. And so I would see all this stuff. And that, like, I, I guess that's what kept me from watching the movie. But we finally saw it on... Um, what did I watch it on? I think HBO it Max was that? Th- oh no, that's yeah, yeah. It was HBO. It was HBO yep. Max. Yeah, um, and um, I saw it there, and I was like, you know, Diamond, you want to watch it? She's like, hell yeah, I want to watch it. I was like, all right, cool. You know, she kept hyping this movie up for me, so I was like, okay, finally, I'll sit down and watch it. And overall, I'll say it was a fun movie. Yeah, um, I love the movie. Um, I recognized some of the actors as well that were in the movie, but going into it. I was a little confused because I didn't understand because she didn't really, I didn't read, I didn't watch a trailer. I didn't read a synopsis like you just said about the movie. So I went into it knowing nothing. Um, And then of course my wife was like, the only thing she told me was pay attention because there are multiple stories, but they cross paths. And I was like, Oh, okay. So it's one of those type of movies. Um, So I myself had fun with the movie. Uh, I learned some Halloween traditions that I didn't know existed um, (laughs) as far as like the blowing out the candles of the, the pumpkin. That's what Um, you want out of your horror movies is to really learn some important traditions. mm -hmm. So (laughs) before I I get into like my whole synopsis of the movie, my question to you is what was your favorite, like sub, I guess subsection of the movie. What was your favorite part of that movie? So it's interesting that you bring up Sam in the way that you did, because obviously he graces the cover and you see him throughout the movie, but he doesn't really play a big part in this movie um, until the end. And by the way, for anybody who hasn't seen the movie, um, it's now been out for 14 years. So if you haven't seen it, screw it. Is that how old about. it is? It is. 2007, this movie. Damn, that movie looked good. Like, it looks great. I didn't know it was that old. Well, and that's with a caveat. So you watched it on HBO Max, probably in HD. Mm -hmm. Um, I watched it on DVD, and I remember buying that DVD from Blockbuster. They always had, like, all the movies that were on the shelves. (laughs) And then when they, you know, they eventually kept one copy of that movie, but all the other copies they just sold off for five, Mm -hmm. ten bucks, and I bought my copy that way. But I feel like the copy I bought was like the lowest possible resolution you could fit on a DVD. And the funny thing was in the trailers before the movie, this is me diverging because I always do that. In the trailers before the movie, it's like, you've enjoyed DVD. Now look at Blu-ray. And the screen sweeps across and you're like, this looks just as garbagey as this side. Like, what are you trying to promote? It looks so bad. Which, funny enough, the next movie that we review total difference and that movie is six years older than trick-or-treat yeah so i was like watching well, anything on dvd is painful that, but did that movie actually come out in theaters trick-or-treat or no or was it straight to DVD? if it did i'm sure it was a very limited run because the only thing i can think of is that the only reason why it has that poor quality is maybe they just didn't have the budget so they probably you know try to find a way to cut the budget a little bit not yeah. that i know anything about how dvds work but you know, that's that's the only thing I could think of because, like I said, 
I, you're right. I must have gotten like a a a, um, a better rendering on HBO Max. Uh, yeah, because it looks amazing on HBO yeah. Max. And I got a. I'm like you. We both got 65 inch 4K TVs. So uh, yeah, the it, TV it, as well. Yeah. Yeah, it looked great on there. <laughs> <laughs> um. So all of the 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 quality aside, because the movie actually does look good. Like the special effects are really good, and, and the overall packaging of it for a 2007 movie it looks looks pretty good. As far as my favorite story, I don't know if I have a specific story that's my favorite because there's something in each one that I really appreciate. Um, the I think overall my coolest story and maybe the most original and one that also makes me feel really uncomfortable is the Halloween school bus massacre. Um, you know, they strap the, the bus driver. So sort of the, the story behind this for anybody who hasn't seen it and now probably won't watch it cause we're going to ruin the movie for you. Um, but who cares? We're, we're, we're better looking anyway, right? So. You can look at us instead of, um, Anna <laughs> Paquin. <laughs> um, if this it wasn't for me to get, us getting in trouble on YouTube, I'd show you a nipple. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny how all of our uh, subscribers just dropped off like that. <laughs> just watch the, the counter go down. <laughs> we can watch it. We haven't even aired the episode yet. Um, so the reason why this one I think is particularly haunting is because the kids that are on the school bus are all special needs students. And their parents have become so frustrated over the years of caring for them and the kids acting out and you know their special needs that they've paid the bus driver to drive them off a cliff into a quarry which is that in and of itself in a comedy style horror movie is actually a really dark undertone um so i think i like that one the best but then I really like elements of, of the surprise party. I really like elements of uh, um, the Sam story. And then I really, um, the payoff in the principal is a lot of fun. But one thing I wanted to mention about this movie is up until this time, anthology movies kind of existed. 2021, right now, anthology movies are basically all you get. If you turn on Shudder, every single movie on there is an anthology. And it's usually one good story and then three or four really crappy stories. This movie, I, I don't think any of the stories It sounds are like you're poor. speaking of like VHS. That, well, that VHS a, movie had a bunch of shit and they had like one good really cool story on that it's one. funny vhs came up earlier today when i was uh watching one of my favorite uh twitch streamers ebx Aaron. we were talking in the in the chat in there about vhs i really enjoyed the first two vhs and then vhs viral was on shutter and i told my wife i was like oh vhs is awesome you're gonna love this and it was so bad i was like i'm sorry i really apologize for this this is not good there was one story in there that i really liked and the rest was was awful your wife's just gla- glaring at you like, like you're going to be doing, doing laundry for the next she months. knows i watch garbage though <laughs> like she knows i will look for the campiest worst horror movies and just eat them right up cuz that's what i do but anyways what i was saying is like anthology movies weren't as popular then as they are today what we would see is is older movies and and shows. You've got your Creep Show, you've got your um, Tales from the Crypt, those sorts of things. And those sorts of anthology stories are very like, here's your story, 
here's your next story, here's your next story. Whereas this movie, although we're getting different stories, it's weird, but I kind of compare it to Crash. Very different in terms of, like, Oscar worthiness. Um, But all of the stories in Crash really melded together, and you didn't feel like you were being taken out of one story into another. It's the same with this. All of these stories intertwine in a way where you're not being taken out of this world and put into outer space or put into, you know, an insane asylum or something like that. It all happens in this little town, in this little, in this little world. Um, and it feels very cohesive. So that is a very roundabout way of me being like, Hey, this anthology is cohesive, which probably would have saved us about five minutes. And everybody's just like, yeah, why didn't you just say that? (laughs) Now, see for me, um, you know, funny enough, you mentioned the, the, the bus, uh, uh, story, uh, for me, all that did was I live in San Antonio. So we have our own bus kids killed in a bus story that happened in real life here so it just felt that way of course you know our our story here is it wasn't a a bunch of disabled kids it was just a normal group of kids that the bus uh died on a railroad track and they they got stranded and then a bus or train hit it and all the kids died and so now they have this myth that if you go to the the railroad tracks at night um and you park your car on it and you turn it off uh your car gets pushed off the railroad tracks and if you put baby powder on the back of your car you can go to the back of your car and you see little handprints. Oh so, my god! <laughs> yeah, so there's that that whole that whole story of San Antonio lore. Um, you know, some will, will will argue and say, "Oh, well, it's the way the hills design. That's that's why your car moves." But there's a lot of people who believe in it. Um, I actually have a uh, story that uh, a group of friends of mine um, have that they witnessed some ghostly children at that at that site one night. So maybe one night. Or one show, we'll I'll I'll share that with you guys. Um, yeah, I've, we could I've, do uh, ghost stories with Joseph and Nolan. Yeah, I have I've I've done some other podcasts uh, where I guested on and I told some pretty scary things. I've 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 had some pretty crazy paranormal stuff that's happened to me, and I have some stories that have happened to my friends as well that I can share. That uh, uh we we when we were younger, we would always get really stoned and and tell each other our, our haunted <laughs> stories. Um, but yeah, so that that story, you know, I I liked it. Um. And again, like you said, home. <laughs> yeah, but I like how you said how it intertwines. Um, yeah. And then you like you were, you were you were talking about how everything kind of intertwines. Um, but there is one story that I felt was a little left field. Um, but funny enough, it's my favorite of this entire movie. I personally personally would have loved to see a full movie made based off of this little short. And the one I'm speaking of is the werewolf scene. So um, I get where it ties because it ties to the principal and, uh, you know, he him going out later in the night because he had a date. Um, so I did, I did like the twist when you find out it's him. You're like, oh, shit, you know. Um, that was cool. But that entire werewolf scene... I kept looking at my wife being like, what rule did they break? What rule did they break? Why are all these people getting eaten? What rule did they break? Because, um, you know, again, my mindset was like, all these people are getting punished because they're breaking some type of Halloween rule, right? Um, and so for me, m- maybe it's just because it was my first viewing. Maybe I need to go back and watch it again. Uh, but that whole scene, 
felt like it was put in there just because it looked cool as fuck. It um, really did. It, the peeling it w- off of the skin. Yeah. Ugh. It was so dope. <laughs> the The whole transformation uh, from these hot-ass chicks to werewolves, uh, like I said, that to me would have been an amazing movie. Um, and it made me laugh. It was one of those those scenes where um, when he tried doing the whole vampire thing and biting her on the neck, and then she was like basically making fun of the fact that he tried to pull that off, it didn't. It was one of those jokes that didn't hit for me until I found out why she thought that was hilarious. And it's because they're all fucking werewolves. Yeah. And so I ended up having like a delayed laugh. And like the wife was like, what's the-? I was like, the vampire thing. It's like, it's, that's fucking hilarious. And she was like, but that happened. I was like, yeah, but I didn't know they were werewolves. Like, it's one of those jokes that like it, it marinates and it builds you up to it. I'm like, oh, that's why that was funny. Um, so that was a great scene. I would love for them to do a full movie on that. Um, I did enjoy the um, Sam, the whole Sam scene as well. Um, he just, he looks cool, but the only issue that I was having was the whole time I'm just thinking like, man, th- like he's in it just to market this movie because he wasn't really present until the very end. Well, I'm like, what's the origin story to this character and why why does he do that? And And for some reason, there's that scene from Scary Movie that always comes to mind. Uh, where he's like, no, no, keep the bag on. I feel like that when Sam has the sack torn off, you're like, no, no, put it back on. Like, <laughs> that was much better than whatever that is. What's funny is we had the kids earlier in the day before we watched that film, the kids were watching Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. So when we started watching this, I looked at the wife and said, like, is he supposed to be like the Pumpkin King? Like, what the fuck is this little thing? Like, what is he? And like, so yeah, I would love an actual origin story of this thing so you know it would it would put things more into perspective overall like i said it's a fun film um but i did leave a little confused asking a lot of questions um just because and this is a positive thing to say about the film each sub story is very strong and Mm -hmm. so i feel like because they're so strong you could make full films out of all these stories um so I think that's where the the only drawback for me is like I felt a little un like I didn't feel completely fulfilled because it's a bunch of stories put into one. It's cool that they cross and stuff, but there's certain elements to each one where I'm like I would have been happy with a full fledged film. Um, and then of course you know just hot chicks that turn out to be werewolves is awesome because I'm I'm a werewolf fan. So uh, well, and then I, the irony behind that is with Anna Paquin being a werewolf in there and then a vampire in True Blood, you really get the yeah. best of, of horror worlds with her. Like, she's, <laughs> she's fantastic. So um, I'm trying to think because I feel like at some point there was a rumor of a trick-or-treat sequel or about a Sam movie, whether it be an origin movie or just more of his tale. Um, so if, if anybody's watching and they know more about why that didn't happen, cause I'm assuming now 14 years after the fact, anything would just sort of seem like, um, they're pandering a little bit. Um, but yeah, I would love to find that out. The director and the writer of this movie, Michael Doherty, he, do you remember the camp, the Krampus movie that came out a couple of years ago? I uh, heard mm. of it, but I haven't seen it. No. Um, it's another one where you can't take it seriously. You have to go into it with the mindset of it being a comedy horror. Uh, and if you do, it becomes a lot more fun that way. Um, and, uh, 
he did that. He did Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and Godzilla versus Kong. So oh, nice. I thought those were interesting, um, interesting pieces there. Ironically, those are the two of the newer Godzilla movies where I'm like, eh. The first Godzilla of the newer series was the was the best, and then King of the Monsters, in my opinion, was terrible. Godzilla versus Kong was like, why is Godzilla not in here more? Uh, I um, why is Kong the good guy? I'm not even hating on those movies because at the end of the day, it's not Godzilla 2000 where it looked like a freaking weird <laughs> anorexic dinosaur. So hey, Ferris Bueller's here. <laughs> so it's like I'm cool with I'm cool with the newer ones, you know. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely was. I asked Diamond the Sand, "Why is Kong the playing the good guy here? What the f-? like?" It drives more me crazy. Godzilla. Like, I'm a I'm a Godzilla <laughs> fan through and through. King Kong has always been one of those characters where it's like. Eh, I don't seek out a Kong movie, um, but yeah, definitely they were like putting Kong on a pedestal in this, and, and Kong's the hero, and Godzilla is terrible. It's like ah, oh, forget this film. Let's just move on. And then you Let's got go back ele- to the first Godzilla. You got Eleven running around everywhere. It's like God, uh, why are you in this movie? Go away. <laughs> <laughs> but you weren't happy in Stranger Things. You had to come over right. here and fuck up this movie. Well, it's only because there's seven years in between seasons. She's like, I need something to do. Right. <laughs> Good Lord. 2022 now for, for Stranger Things season four. Like at this point, they might as well just make it a different show because all the kids are, are fully grown adults. That's how I felt with um, another show. It's called On My Block, which is on Netflix. Okay. Um, it's I think not, I've heard of that one. Yeah, it's not the best show in the world, but um, me, me and the wife watched it. And when the new season came out, I was like, fuck. I'm like, it took so long to bring it out. And then I'm like, well, I'm already invested in the show. I gotta finish it. So we watched it, and it, it's it's one of those shows too, man. Like the, the last season, the newest season, they waited so long. The kids are like all grown up now, and like they had to, they of course they put that in the writing so yeah to make up for like hey sorry it took us so long to film it but you know here's a two year jump, um, but yeah I have my own issues with that show. I'll have to cover that one day because <laughs> th- that that last season just yeah um for and again. For me, TV show wise, the my show is Sons of Anarchy, man. Like you see the posters on the wall. I, I always compare every show to that damn show. It sucks. <laughs> is it as good for you as all the DC stuff that you're clearly a fan of? <laughs> so yeah, we got to point that out now. As you can see, I have DC there, and we have the Joker. I swear, I'm more of a Marvel fan than DC. I just didn't uh-huh. have the wall space in the living room, so I had to put it in here. <laughs> I think you're just a Warner Brothers fanboy because I see that you have Pennywise as well, and of course, it's a Warner Brothers movie. <laughs> So you're just all up in the Warner Brothers. Forget about Disney and Marvel. Yeah, I'm, I'm not practicing what I preach. I, I say one thing, but evidence, I guess, is proven otherwise. <laughs> it's all right. When when I get a new place, when we move out of this tiny-ass apartment, I'm going to make sure that I have my Marvel and Deadpool stuff on the wall as eye candy, <laughs> put my Squirtle team up there and everything. So Yeah, Team Squirtle. <laughs> Um, I don't even know where we were talking about this movie. We are so far off of uh, where we were. Um, Another funny actor I wanted to point out in this one, though, is uh, Brett Kelly. So in the opening, um, I guess, the first opening story, not the scene with the couple, but the first opening story, uh, Brett Kelly, who's the kid from Bad Santa, is who this story is kind of centralized around. Still super fat. 
(laughs) (laughs) This poor kid, like, always kind of gets put into these roles, and he doesn't look like that anymore, like he's grown up and and all of that stuff, but between the the Bad Santa movies and this movie, it's like, man, this kid was just destined for a particular stereotype in movies, you know, so he was the the Martin Lawrence of, um, I guess... He's like, portrayal is it, of fat kids in movies. Is it the hair color? What is it? Why do I keep getting these roles? <laughs> <laughs> but his is particularly gross, I guess, where the principal is feeding him poison candy. Yeah, what the hell is he throwing up? Because it's uh, like... It's, it's just bile, and it goes, and it goes, and it goes. <laughs> Always check your candy. <laughs> Overall, I, I think this movie's great. Um, like I said, the but my, I think my problem was is I went into it thinking that it was going to be a serious movie. Um, the wife didn't give me much of a heads up. But there are moments in their laugh. I also want to point out that that little girl with the angel wings is such a little bitch, and I'm glad she got what came to her <laughs> the whole time, man. The way like she just did like a, a 180, and she seems so nice and cool when they're trick or treating and when they get the pumpkins and all that stuff. And then once they pick up the 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 chick that made all the pumpkins, the the nerdy girl. Uh, she just completely turned into this little bitch, and like I would, I, I don't wish harm on any kid, but that kid can kiss my ass. I'm glad she got what she got. <laughs> like I was like watching her, and it's like the attitude she had even during the prank. I was just like, what a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she got what was coming to her, right? Like I, I did, feel, I did feel bad for the uh, the um, I guess the the the. the the cute guy i don't know what he the 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 kid that was supposedly the the one i guess the little bitch had a crush on yeah Um, and then he liked the nerdy girl yeah so i did feel a little bad for him because i think he was kind of put in a position where he was just like "Uh, oh to do um (laughs) so yeah him and then of course the the little little one the little dude um he was just cool like i was like oh i take him up with you at least he didn't mean you no harm Speaking, so I'm I'm just kind of reading through right now. So we asked about like whether or not it it got a theatrical release. Apparently, it was supposed to, but then that got scrapped. It went to a bunch of different festivals, um, including After Dark in Toronto, and then Warner Brothers decided to release it to straight to DVD in 2009. So the movie's 2007. It did the festival circuit. Got released in 2009. So uh, I guess it just sort of glossed right over the um uh right over the theatrical release filmed in vancouver so canadian connection nice well i mean most movies are and i gotta give it uh, you know i gotta give it its due man because again i i didn't know that the movie was that old and the fact that we're here now in 2021 and you can't go into any halloween store whatsoever without seeing that the iconic like p- picture of trick or treat and then you know a yeah. uh, little sack boy right there on top of the cover like it's it's so cool like to see that it, i think that's even cooler that it wasn't re- uh, released in theaters that it, it did yeah. a festival run went straight to dvd and it has this like cult following like yeah. to the point where people like me who never watched the film 
finally sat down and watched it and be like, okay, I get it. Like, I understand why, where it is. And again, it also just shows that, you know, marketing can, can, can really make or break you, uh, yeah. in film and anything else. That little dude sells like hotcakes, man. My, my kid loves them. Um, but she, you know, she loves Chucky more, but anytime she sees that little, like, cause they make the, the NECA toys and they have all this stuff with that guy on it. And now that I've seen the movie, now I actually feel like it's okay for me to buy those. I, I stayed yeah. away from buying it. Cause I was like, I'm not going to buy these. I haven't seen the movie. What if the movie sucks? <laughs> what, what I think is interesting about that. So it didn't get its theatrical release. Obviously it's got its cult following based on the DVD. And there's a lot of movies that have over time really proved themselves, um, you know, on physical format rather than in the theaters. But oftentimes Sam gets put on the same pedestal with your Freddy Kruegers and your Jasons and your Michaels as this iconic slasher um, character. He's not, I, I would argue that he's not really a slasher. His, his body count is too low from what we know about the movie, mm-hmm. but he what gets like put up two? with those characters. Yeah. Oh, not, not even one. It's, it's one, technically basically. one because he let the, 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 the bus driver gets his, but not by, he gets just yeah. beat up by him pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, I assume on HBO Max, you didn't get any of the bonus features or no. anything like that. So on the DVD, there's actually, um, I guess Michael Doherty had worked on this character, this story, a long time beforehand. There was actually a 1996 small animated film uh, called Season's Greetings, which was the first time that you get to see Sam. Um, I think maybe it's four hour or four hours, four or five minutes. <laughs> this is Snyder um, Cut. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the Snyder Cut of, of Sam. <laughs> now we've got Trick or Treat lasting, you know, two weeks. Damn it! Um, I did a DC joke. <laughs> <laughs> we're all over it, man. I really think that you're a fan. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, oh. I love this little uh, animated film. The animation in it is just so much fun. It re- it really harkens back to like old school, like you know your cell animation and stuff like that. Um, even of the eighties, like for it being a nineteen ninety six short, it felt a little bit older, but not in a bad way. Um, but it's it's cool. Like I want to see more of that character. I want to see some sort of tie-in somewhere with something somehow to get him back but I just don't know if there's a way to do it that doesn't seem forced because you're right he can sell merchandise that character alone could probably get butts in seats at theaters but is it does it kill why so many people love the character and love this movie because really um I don't think a lot of people have really seen it or really appreciated it or um, even know about it in a lot of cases. Like, yeah, you may see the character if you're looking for him, if you know what you're looking for. But other than that, this isn't a mainstream, you know, icon. Hello, everyone. I am Matthew Thomas, the Spirit of Super Cool Radio. And if you're looking for a great podcast that features the best independent and -and up-and-coming bands and artists, then check out my podcast, Super Cool Radio. Each week, I deliver fun interviews, and every Friday, I spin some killer music. You might not know some of these bands that I feature, but I guarantee you will love them. Check out Super Cool Radio on YouTube, Rumble, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, or the streaming platform of your choice. Tune in and rock out! Super Cool Radio! 
origin story I think would be really cool. The problem is, is like what you were saying, like he didn't do enough in this movie to warrant an origin film because you have all these, all these characters that tie together, but like you have the principal, he did, you know, a lot of damage in that movie. He was, he was kind of, I mean, he was a killer in the movie and then you have the girls who were werewolves. So it's like, you have all these tying in and then you, we kind of got an origin story of, of why the kids are the way they are. Um, and so like, I feel like the movie is more actually, believe it or not, I feel like the movie is more centered around the bus driver. Um, than it is around Sam because yeah. the bus driver shows up not only in the principal's uh, scenes, but then he shows up in the actual origin story. And then he shows up at the end of the film between him and Sam. Um, so I felt like it was more his movie than it was Sam. Well, and if you kind of step back and look at him as a bit of a narration type character. So if you look at the Crypt Keeper uh, in Tales from the Crypt, he he's not in any of the stories. He just tells the stories in this Sam is kind of around all of the stories kind of piecing everything together and then he gets his own little tale in there I feel like any sort of origin story would probably end up feeling like Rogue One um, with you know a bit of the evil Vader uh, Mm -hmm. in there and being like well where's that Vader in any of the other movies that's the one I want I think that would be the same as like oh this Sam is so much cooler he does so much you know kills so many people or you know has so many cool pieces to his story that you it would probably sully this film a little bit so I think it's it's probably best left alone left as a standalone anthology Mm -hmm. left as a a cult classic um, you know Halloween watch uh, and one that uh, nerds like us can chat about for years and, and speculate on on other pieces well, here's also, I think, an idea. Uh, if you were to go origin with Sam, I think uh, uh, how it possibly could work is if they kind of took the Zombieland route. You okay. had a, you had a list in Zombieland, right? Because yeah. like I was saying earlier, I don't know the rules for Halloween. I'm going into this movie. It's like there are rules for for Halloween that you have to follow. And if you don't, uh, okay. Sam comes knocking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so... I mean, I think that's where my confusion was with this movie too, because Sam seems like he's the keeper of these rules. Mm. If those rules are broken, Sam is, uh, it shows up, but at the same time, because Sam doesn't do a lot of the work and when I mean work by as far as the killing is concerned, um, is Sam also a kind of, like I said earlier, the pumpkin King almost, is he the one who says, okay, this person didn't follow rule. I'm going to take care of this one. Or I'm gonna find something else that do I control these werewolves and these ghost kids and like does he have some type of supernatural power over these entities? Um, so I think if they were to go origin story with Sam and then also have kind of like those list of rules uh, to f- fulfill the movie of why these people are being killed um, could possibly work. But well, then you want it like is he? Is he like a Halloween fairy kind of thing? Yeah. And do multiple Sams exist, or is it just this one little whitewashed town that Sam exists in, and he just he haunts that place on Halloween, where the rest of the country is like, we'll just blow out the candles any damn time we feel like, and, yeah, and you know they're perfectly fine. Or is he like or, Jeeper Creepers, and he only comes around certain Halloweens? <laughs> right. Yeah. What is that like every twenty five years or something? Yeah. You or know, Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it, it could be interesting to see something like that. I don't know if we'll ever get anything. I don't think we'll ever get a sequel. But if we do, um, I hope that we get some royalties. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if anybody's watching this and knows more about Trick or Treat, um, the one thing I was wondering, which I didn't look up, obviously, but they kind of went this whole kind of comic book mm. type of vibe in the movie. I'm which wondering, a lot of them do. I'm wondering if there is an actual physical copies of comic books that would probably go deeper into the lore um because if that's something i'd be interested in actually picking those up and 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 reading them comic books i just saw the reference where do where do i go here dc comics (laughs) god damn it (laughs) partner wildstorm comics so an offshoot uh had planned to release a four issue adaptation of trick-or-treat um by these people uh, the series was originally going to be released weekly in October 2007, ending on Halloween, but the series was pushed back due to the film's backlisting. So the fact that the movie never saw a theatrical release uh, obviously impacted that. Oh, the four man. comics were instead released as a graphic novel in 2009. Legendary Comics set the second Trick or Treat comic book titled Trick or Treat Days of the Dead for an October 2015 release date and features uh, these artists. The comic was released alongside the graphic novel tie-in of Doherty's Krampus. So see, I think they're missing, I think they're missing a golden opportunity. Like yeah, Sam's there um, and I don't know if they just like cash, did want to do a quick cash grab with him. Um, but I feel like there's still, there's still some, some life left um but well and I, if doherty was able to do like a cinematic universe so i think of like the conjuring universe and there's always pieces in in insidious and the conjuring and all of those movies that um there's sort of a central sort of like hey if you're looking for it you know that it's there and it connects all the stories um if he was able to even just like hey in the krampus there's a sam doll sitting in the corner of a bedroom um, maybe I need egg. to watch Krampus again and see if there is. Cause now I'm like, that would have been a perfect opportunity. Why didn't you do something like that? So if you're watching this and you did see Krampus and there is something about Sam in there, let us know. We'll go back. Joseph will uh, edit this video. We'll cut this right out. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. I'm putting all the work on you now. Cause I'm like, Hey, you edit the video. You take that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it never existed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. In final thoughts about this film, is it uh, a, a basic ass dudes yay or a basic ass dudes nay? I would say, on my basic ass meter, it definitely is a. If you haven't seen it, it's a definite watch for sure. Um, would I throw it into my Halloween uh, run as far as like movies that I'd watch? Yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. Because I have, there are, it would be, it would have to fit along the lines though. Like if, if I'm sitting down and I'm having like a Halloween night where I'm watching particular movies, this movie would line up with movies like Freddy versus Jason with um, uh, the child's play movies with uh, dare I even say the leprechaun movies. Um, You're if, putting if, this in an elite category. If, all if, on its yeah. If, if I'm looking for horror movies that, I don't want to take too seriously and yeah. I just want to have a good time. This is one of those movies. Um, and like, cause we just watched Freddy versus Jason uh, a couple days ago too. And um, again, it's just one of, it's, it's a fun movie. 
Um, so if, if you is haven't it? seen the movie, don't go into the movie with it like being serious. Because I did. I went into the movie thinking this oh. was going to be like a super serious, scary type of film. Um, and so I had to pull that back a little bit. Uh, this it's it's a fun ride, but it don't take it serious. Um, yeah. And so that's why I said like I would put it in that type of rotation. Uh, I definitely wouldn't put it along with like The Exorcist or anything like that. Um, those, those that would be another night when the kids are asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is one outside of the violence and and a bit of mild nudity where it's like yeah, the kids could probably watch it. It's not that bad. Um, I've I've enjoyed the movie for years, but it's funny when you brought up like have you watched this? Do you know this movie? And I was like, yeah, I've got the DVD sitting on the shelf, but it hasn't come down in a couple of years. Uh, I think the last time we watched it, we used to get together with friends on Halloween, you know, before kids and, and they don't like horror movies. So I think I brought some of the lighter stuff with me being trick or treat. And that was probably the last time that, that we watched this one. So yeah, definitely give it a watch. Um, whether you're a fan of anthologies or not, it's not that kind of movie. It's a good storytelling and it is, uh, lighthearted. It's 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 basically a, a bit of a comedy movie. And if you remember back to our first episode, the zombies episode, we picked movies that were kind of in line with this. So I think we're kind of building this, um, I don't know, persona of, of enjoying comedy horror movies, but it's really a good mixing of, of both worlds. Yeah. You slip this in with Shaun of the Dead. You don't slip this in with Day of the Dead or, <laughs> you know, Dawn of the Dead, Shaun of the Dead and Trick or Treat. If yeah. you have, and, and it, I'm glad you said that. That's like, a good back-to-back feature right there. Yeah. And if you said you had friends that aren't into horror movies, this is one of those movies that like I would sit down and with my mom and watch. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't put on The Conjuring because that would freak her the fuck out. Yeah. But I'd put this on and she'd be like, that thing's cute. It's terrifying, but cute. Yeah. Um, and, and I think she would have, the only scene, honestly, the only scene that I, I, cause my kids were asleep when we were watching it and my daughter woke up during the werewolf scene. And that was the only scene where I was like, don't focus on the movie cause it, it's just done so well. It's so good. Yeah. And, and, and when we talk about uh 13 ghosts and the next episode, spoiler, um, <laughs> it goes along with one of the reasons why I love that movie. Um, yeah. Just, I think I know exactly what you're going yeah, for. Yeah. Just, yeah. I wish movies would start doing this again. Um, yeah. Like it's just, and we've talked about it before. And I think even in our first episode, the zombies things where we've talked about practical makeup uh, for me is always going to outdo CGI. Um, yeah. I love my Thanos, but I also love monsters when you put actual makeup and, and you, and you build the monster from an actual human being and you have a yeah, real put the purple paint on Josh Brolin. That's going to be better. <laughs> Just make him look tall because he's short as shit and, and you're good. He made a good cable. Why wouldn't he make a good looking Thanos? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that was fun. I love talking about this movie. I'm going to enjoy talking about the next movie as well and just sort of being able to live in this horror universe is uh, certainly a place that I want to want to be and want to live in. Um, obviously Joseph let the cat out of the bag. Next episode, we are reviewing 13 ghosts. Uh, we have some other fun surprises to go with that. That's the, uh, the remake, I guess, of 13 ghosts, 2001 with Shannon Elizabeth, uh, not the original 13 ghosts. Um, although I think the ghost backstories are the same. So, and that's, that's the thing too, that we, we have some surprises coming. So look out for that. We do have that episode planned, but we have some things planned. They're going to lead up to that episode. Um, so definitely, you know, keep a lookout. I don't really like people telling to like, subscribe, and comment, but 
If you're looking forward to if 13 Smash Ghosts, that like button. Yeah, if 13 Ghosts is, is a film that you like, we're definitely going to do a review on it. But we have some stuff leading up to that. So if you want to stay in the know, definitely subscribe. And uh, we have some cool stuff, man. I'm excited about October. And, and, and I know you are too. And we're going yeah. to be dropping some cool stuff. Absolutely. So keeping in line with that theme, I figured, hey, it's perfect time. Let's find a band that kind of matches the horror aesthetic. Um, I'm going to be interviewing this band on uh, every podcast I love is dead in November. So make sure you come back when that episode airs, but this band, we both love their name. Their name is drama scream, uh, which is absolutely amazing. They're a female fronted hard rock band that was formed in Endicott, New York. Um, they're formed by the vocalist Lauren Eliza and their guitarist, Steve Huff. And then they rounded out their lineup in 2017 with the addition of Greg Grieve on bass and drummer Justin Arnold. To date, the band has released two albums, and an underlying theme of the band is psychological thrillers. So um, their music videos are really cool, a lot of fun to watch, and the themes in the song are in the songs are great. Um, they they let me know they're back in the studio right now, working on new music, and they're going to. Uh, be on my show next month so make sure you tune into that nice today uh from their 2019 album we want to play for you masochist here's drama scream <laughs> <laughs> 